Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. God treats us all equal, right? God's not a racist, and as a Christian, we're not racist. We don't look at anybody more important than another. We realize God loves us all the same. That doesn't mean that we're all equal. God gives us free will. We all have different jobs. We all do different things. We all live in different neighborhoods. That doesn't mean that God's a communist, that he wants us all to have the same house and wear the same clothes like we live in Russia or China, right? I mean, anyway, we don't want to get off on that. Verse 7, but on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me as the gospel for the circumcised was to Peter. So remember that God called Paul to preach the gospel to Gentiles, the uncircumcised. What's crazy is that he was a Jew, grew up as a Jew, and yet, you know, God called him. Now, God called Peter to preach the gospel to the Jews there in Jerusalem. So Paul's out amongst the Gentiles preaching the gospel. Peter's in Jerusalem preaching the gospel. Verse 8, for he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised, that's speaking about the Jews, also worked effectively in me towards the Gentiles. So Paul's acknowledging that God did a great work in Jerusalem through Peter amongst the Jews. And you know, those people grew up Jewish. That was part of their culture, uh, being circumcised on the eighth day, right? And I mean, if you're born in America, that's probably a thing. Some people don't know why, but you know, it's because of the Judeo-Christian ethic in our country. Uh, and, but also, God did a great work in Paul in the Gentiles. And he's kind of pointing that out, that God was working equally in the Jews and in the Gentiles, right? Because sometimes people want to think, no, God loved the Jews more than the Gentiles. No, he loved the Gentiles more. No, God loves everybody the same. And he's saying, hey, uh, that's what God was doing, equal work. Verse 9, and when James, uh, that's uh, Jesus' half-brother, and Cephas, or Peter, and John, who seemed to be pillars, so he's, he's kind of calling them, they're the pillars of the church there, perceive the grace that had been given to me, They gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they uh, to the circumcised. So uh, remember, uh, Paul was writing to these churches in Galatia here in this book and who were being told lies by these Judaizers. And so now Paul's going to give them a history lesson. Now, when I was in school, I hated history. My wrestling coach was a history teacher. And I remember thinking, who cares about history? Why would anybody want to know history, right? And then Jared's a history major. And it's like, uh, but, but now that I got saved, started reading the Bible, now I realize history is very important, right? And so Paul's going to give them a history lesson. And that when he had been meeting in Jerusalem with those other apostles, he's saying, look, with their blessing, talking about, uh, you know, when they blessed Paul and Barnabas to go out to the Gentiles, that Peter, James, and John uh, to the Jews. And he's saying, look, that they were preaching equally them to the Jews, them to the Gentiles. In other words, Paul was saying saying that they were preaching the same gospel, but it was to different people, right? But it was still the same gospel, same truth, no different. Now, last week in Galatians 1, Paul tells these churches that the gospel 
that he preached, he received it as a divine revelation from Jesus Christ. He didn't learn it in a book. He didn't learn it from somebody. And then here now in Galatians 2, he's saying, and it's the same gospel that was endorsed by the apostles in Jerusalem who, you know, spent all that time with Jesus, and they publicly endorsed him. So he's kind of pointing out the validity of what he's saying. In verse 10, they desired only that we should remember the poor. So this is what they told him in Jerusalem when Paul came and said, hey, they're saying that we ought to get circumcised for the Gentiles to get saved. And he went to Jerusalem and they said, nope, just this. Verse 10, they desired only that we should remember the poor, the very thing which I also was eager to do. So uh, he was a, the Christians, the apostles in Jerusalem, didn't say that you had to be circumcised just to remember the poor. And, and remember that as we studied in Corinthians, that Paul actually took up an offering from the Gentile churches to take money to Jerusalem because that church was struggling, that they were having financial problems <coughs> there in the early church. It kind of exploded, lots of people. Verse 11, now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to blame. Now, Paul is talking about how Peter was not doing the right thing, even though he was an apostle, that he was not perfect. He made mistakes. Now, you students of the Bible, can you think of any other mistakes that Peter made? <laughs> right? I mean, like, remember when Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times, and Peter said, no, I won't. And then remember some little girls like, don't you know Jesus? No, I don't know him, cursing, right? Deny Jesus three times. Remember when he told Jesus, you don't need to go to the cross? And what did Jesus say to him? Thank you, Peter, holy one who never makes mistakes. What did he say? Get behind me, Satan, <laughs> right? He rebuked him, right? So, Peter has a history of making mistakes. Now you're like, well, does this seem good that God is pointing out that his people make mistakes? Well, I think it's for your benefit and my benefit, right? Because if you come to church and you think that the apostle Peter is never going to make a mistake, well, then you're going to be disappointed, right? Because he makes mistakes. Does Paul make mistakes? Paul made mistakes. Does Bob make? Everybody makes mistakes, right? And so Paul's now just pointing out uh, on this doctrine of, you know, circumcision and with the Jews and the Gentiles, that Peter uh, wasn't doing the right thing. In verse 12, he says, uh, he said he was stood him face to face, uh, and he says in verse 12, for before certain men came from James, he would eat with Gentiles, but when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. So, in other words, Paul's saying, Peter was eating with these Gentiles, but then when some Jews came, he, he went and went with the Jews and didn't hang out with the Gentiles, and, you know, Paul planted the church in Antioch, and many Gentiles received Jesus Christ as their Savior there. And remember, the Jews looked down on the Gentiles. And remember that before Jesus' day, no Jewish person would eat with a Gentile. And remember, the Lord spoke to Peter and said, hey, don't call unclean what I call clean. And so Peter had been in Antioch, and Peter was eating with Gentiles. And when some of the Judaizers, the Jews from Jerusalem, who came and said, oh, we're better than they are, then Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles. I mean, when you got to think of this, you think, wow, would a Christian do that? Would a Christian like, okay, I can't hang out with you guys because these guys are here. Well, yeah. And, you know, people are sinners. People make mistakes. Now, Paul says, I rebuked him, right? I, I told him it was wrong. And notice it says why Peter did it. It said, fearing those who were of the circumcision. Peter had this fear of man. When the little girl asked him, hey, aren't you with Jesus? No, I'm not. The fear of man is important for us to understand. The Bible talks about it, and the Bible talks about how the fear of man, and that means when you fear what people think of you, it can cause you to do bad things. It's a powerful motivator. In Proverbs 29, 25, it says, the fear of man brings a snare, 
but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be saved. In other words, when you allow what people think of you to control the way you act, even though you know it's wrong, well then it's very detrimental to your spiritual life. And it can push you to do things that you know are wrong. And I think in our society, there's a lot of fear of man. And when you wonder, how did we get to the place where, I mean, every day you turn on the news and it's just weirdness going on. And you think, how did we get to this place? Well, it's because people are afraid of what other people think. So it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to say anything. But God wants you to stand up for what you believe, right? I mean, if your kids are in school and they're doing some weird stuff at the school, you need to talk to the teacher. You need to talk to the principal. You need to go to the board meetings. You need to stand up and say, hey, this is weird. What is this weird stuff you're doing, right? And, and so, uh, but the fear of man, people just, okay, everybody, you know, whatever. But the Bible tells us God doesn't want us to be fearful of what people think of us. And all of us grew up in school, you know, elementary school, playing games and, and you know, sports, and they're picking teams, and everybody didn't want to be the last person picked. And, you know, you, you wonder what fear what people think of you Uh, and then you get in high school and it's worse and what does people think of me but once you're an adult like God wants you to get past that God wants you to be able to do what's right in God's eyes and be a man pleaser and not live your life based on what people think of you right the fear of man in first second Timothy 1 7 it says for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind this is so important that God wants you to understand that he doesn't want you to be fearful but to have a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. Clear thinking, right? And, you know, those of us who can remember two years ago when we had the plague, COVID-19, and, you know, they told us we're all going to die. I mean, now it's a new thing. Now it's global warming, right? Now they told us we're all going to die by the end of the year if you don't all buy an electric car. Uh, and you're thinking, Pastor Bob, you're exaggerating. No, I mean, they've been saying it for 20 or 30 years, right? When I was in junior high, they were telling us, we're going to run out of fossil fuels in the next 10 years, right? And I remember thinking, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to buy a motorcycle and go 200. Oh, I, you know, and then here we are 40 years later, right? And it's like, uh, I could buy a motorcycle. Oh, I have a motorcycle. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, uh, right, but here's the thing, that God doesn't want you to be living your life in fear of what other people think. And that was really a problem for Peter and, and those of you who know his life. And Paul says in verse 13, And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrites with him so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. Now, Paul was not a seeker-friendly pastor, and he did not care what anybody thought. (laughs) Can you imagine writing an epistle to a region of churches where you are pointing out the flaws of the most important apostle, Peter, in Jerusalem? This would have been canceled in our day. (laughs) I mean, but... Barnabas was the leading missionary to the Gentiles, one of them besides Paul, right? And why did Paul call Peter and Barnabas hypocrites, right? I mean, in verse 13, that's pretty radical. Now, people in our day, they get offended if the pastor says the media is a liar or whatever. Oh, really? You know, it's like, or what, I, what do people really get offended by? I'm not really sure. Why did Paul call out Peter and Barnabas and say you're hypocrites, right? Well, here's why. Because they believed one thing. They knew that you didn't have to be circumcised to be a believer. Yet, they acted in a completely different way, right? Peter and Barnabas knew that what they were doing was wrong, and they were intimidated by these Judaizers. They were probably rich, powerful people. And so it caused them to go against the truth of their own convictions and their own conscience. And so uh, Jesus warned Peter 
and the disciples about hypocrisy. In fact, Jesus warned them about hypocrisy over and over again. Now, what you learn from that is that Jesus warned them because Jesus knew the future. And Jesus knew Peter was going to do this, right? Even before he did it. Isn't that amazing? God knows what you're going to do next year, next month. He knows the stupid things you're going to do already. And so he tells us. That's why we have church. We get together and he tells us, hey, don't do these stupid things, right? That, but in Luke 12, Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. So Jesus warned Peter and James and John, right? We're going to stop there because we're out of time. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. We would like to tell you a little bit about our Pure Word ministry. Pure Word is a ministry that helps people with life-controlling issues such as alcohol, drug, and pornography addiction. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Our desire is to help people break free from the heavy yoke of life-controlling issues. Pure Word meets every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. here at Calvary Chapel Caldwell. For more information, call 453-9653 or visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you and may you have a great day. Today is the day